Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Well, are you ready? Are you ready to run a 26-mile marathon? I hope you are. I need you to get up off the couch. You need to do some stretching. We need to get ourselves ready. Make sure you drink plenty of fluids because, ladies and gentlemen, we have a 26-mile marathon in front of us, and it is called The Rest of the Book of Jeremiah. We have to go from chapter 30 to the conclusion of the book. We have a long ways to go, and I hope you're ready to, well, run with us. It's going to be, it's going to be, I, I mean, I, I, I call it a marathon, right? But it, it's going to feel like a sprint. We're going to have to run a marathon as a sprint. I know. Is that even humanly possible? No, we'll probably die. Okay. But, but we, we have to, it's a marathon because we got to go from chapter 30 to what? Chapter 52. I believe there's 52 chapters in the book. I'm going from the top of my head. My Bible is completely in the other side of the table right now. I'm not even obviously prepared to be doing this, almost knocked my uh, iPad completely off the desk. I'm not ready, okay? I'm not ready, but we have to be ready, okay? After multiple hours of teaching today, we have to kick off our Jeremiah Marathon, and I hope you are ready, because we have to get to the finish line by the end of August. We have only a few days to go from chapter 30 to chapter 52, we are going to be doing, I don't know, I don't know exactly how this is all going to work. We're going to be utilizing a lot of different things, but I hope I hope you find it to be beneficial. I hope it, it proves to be helpful. I, I will say this, if I, look, you may have not have been with us this entire summer as we've been studying the book of Jeremiah all summer. All I can beg you is please sit down and at least read the entire book, Right? If you say, well, I don't like to read, get an audio Bible and listen to it be read to you. All right. Listen to all 52 chapters at the best you can do that. If you say, well, I started and I was so excited at the beginning of the summer and I made it to like chapter four and then I stopped. Okay. Well, you know what? Just start in chapter 30 and then no, no, actually just start where you stopped and just at least read, at least read the book. Can you at least accomplish that? I know, I, I, look, I know from the number of assignments being turned in, most people dropped out of this really quick, right? Most people, I mean, if you look at the number of assignments people were turning in at the beginning to where we are now, people drop, people just like, that's it. You go on. I'm done. I'm stopping here. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go in and get something to drink or I'm going to stop and get a hamburger. Everybody was like, I'm done. I don't want to run the race. And I understand the book of Jeremiah is, a, a difficult book, but if you've been with us, I hope at the very least, you know more about the book of Jeremiah than you ever did when you started. And hopefully you realize that even as believers, even as Christians, we can read the Bible and we can be honest with the difficulties we find in it. We can be honest with how it makes us feel. We can be honest when it just seems uncomfortable and at times it doesn't seem right and it seems confusing and we don't understand why God would do that and why he wouldn't do this. And times things just don't make sense. It's okay to say that. I know whenever I, I try to explain a difficulty, I always feel that Christians kind of get like, no, no, they get defensive. I'm like, just calm down. We're just being honest with the difficulty in the text. We don't always have a good answer, but hopefully you've been with us. Now, at Victory Baptist Church, 
Today, we covered the rest of chapter 23, all of chapter 24, and all of chapter 25. Now, the only problem is when we got to the the end of chapter 25, we really had to rush it. And so there's a part of me that I want to kind of go back, but I'm not because here's what's going to happen. On the podcast, we're on a marathon and we're going to go from 30 to 52 by the end of this week. I mean, I, I don't know, hopefully within the next two to three days, we're going to cover from 30 to 52. Um, we may make a little detour here or there, but that's, that's pretty much what we're focusing on. Every podcast I do from now to the end of August is going to be on the book of Jeremiah. I don't know how Wednesday night's going to work at Victory Baptist Church. I was hoping for a Wednesday night in-person service where we could uh, work on maybe chapter 26. Next Sunday at Victory Baptist Church, I am. I, I I should just dedicate every hour. We're going to still be working on Jeremiah and one of the hours, maybe Sunday nights, we'll be working on Jeremiah, um, but we're going to be transitioning to a new series starting next Sunday, and we're going to uh, start studying the the history, the origins, and the content of dispensationalism, because I think it very much relates to at least some of these last chapters in Jeremiah, I think, because we're going to get ourselves into a a big, I mean, I mean, we've already dealt with it a numerous times. Depending on one's eschatology, depending on kind of your system, you can come to radically different interpretations of the book of Jeremiah. So, uh, while one of those systems is dispensationalism. So, we, we've, we're, we're going to look at it, and I, I think it will be fun, and I think it will be beneficial. But we've got to get started. So I'm giving you, I'm just kind of talking here, giving you an opportunity to get up off the couch. I need you to stretch. I need you to get something to drink. Are you ready? Uh, you may need uh, like about 15 pencils and about 30 notebooks, and uh, we're going to begin. But before we st- start off with the way we're going to do this moving forward, or at least the main thing we're going to be utilizing I got to have a little bit of fun here. We got to have, I mean, we're getting ready to run a marathon, right? We got, we're not going to be able to laugh by the time the marathon is over. We're going to collapse and we're going to be exhausted. So before we start, we got to have a little bit of fun. All right. Because as I, as I've been listening, as I've been working on the book of Jeremiah, I've been obviously listening to sermon after sermon after sermon. I've challenged you to do the same thing. I've challenged you at different times to open up the sermons 2.0 app and just look up sermons on Jeremiah. Sometimes I've given you specific sermons to look for, specific chapters. So I, I hope you've utilized that tool. If you haven't utilized that tool, I mean, look, I, I, here's what I know. There's only so much I can do. I can beg people, plead with people, try to make, but if people drop out, people drop out. There's nothing I can do. But hopefully you've, I mean, because at least even if you dropped out, you could have been listening to sermons on Jeremiah. You could have dedicated the whole summer to listen to one sermon a day. I mean, the the minimum you could have done that, right? So, uh, but if you didn't, that's okay. But I have been. And I don't know what time it was. I don't even know. Uh, maybe it was four in the morning. I don't know. I'm listening. I, I grab my iPad. I'm like, okay, I, I need a sermon to listen to. So I look up Jeremiah. I think it's 24. I think I look up Jeremiah 24. And I come across a sermon. And I start listening listening to it now. The like the whole thing, the, the the whole thing it records everything. It records the entire church service. In other words, all the singing, the praying, the announcements, all of that's in it. 
Okay, then the supposed preaching. The preaching covers 24 and 25, two chapters. Now, if you take the entire service, all of the singing, the announcements, the praying, and the and the conclusion, everything, and the sermon itself, the whole thing is like about 42 minutes long. And I'm like, how in the world can you do all of that in 42 minutes and 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 cover two chapters in the book of Jeremiah? I'm like, that that is <laughs> That is either a skill which I will never possess, it may be a skill that I will never want, and it may be a sign of malpractice because there's no way anyone can understand anything in 24 and 25 and covering it at about, I'm, I'm assuming that would make the sermon about 20 minutes, maybe? Maybe, maybe a, less? I mean, it, 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 but hey, that, this is, this is the American church. But what I found funny was one, of course, they're talking Jeremiah 24 and 25. And the next thing you know, we're talking about the Antichrist and we're talking about COVID and we're talking, and I'm like, and we're talking about digital passports. And I'm like, how in the world do people do this stuff? But okay. So I want you to hear that. And then I'm just going to let the next part be a surprise, but it's such uh, the American church. So I thought we would kick off our marathon with a little bit of fun. This made me laugh last. Well, actually, <laughs> to be fair, I, well, early this morning, I should say about 4 a.m. I don't think I was laughing. I think I just got frustrated. And I think I said something like, oh, for crying out loud, let me listen to something else. Okay. So I don't think I found it as funny at the time, but I thought it would be funny to hear this just to kind of get us ready for our marathon, all right? Because I don't know about you. I've been busy today, right? I've done, what, maybe four hours of teaching today, four hours, and now here we are. I'm going to do probably another hour right now. So, you know, let's let's have a little bit of fun. Now, the audio here is way too low, and I apologize, but I didn't feel like trying to boost the audio just to have a little bit of fun. So, you know, you may have to turn your volume or put your ear to your phone or use a Bluetooth Bluetooth speaker, maybe of, of, of more benefit. But here we go. I heard this around, I don't know, three or four in the morning. This is, here we go. Remember that he's going to set the table. It's going to be ready, just everything to fall in place when that Antichrist comes up on the scene. And boy, has the pandemic set everything in place. They've learned how to shut down the world. Right? And now they got people running around going to get vaccines and all these things. It's just kind of this controlling of the people. And um, there's been talk about having, uh, you know, a world passport and, and uh, you know, you need to have that. And then they're talking about a world bank and they're talking about doing away with all the different currencies and coming to, to one. And it's just kind of setting the stage. Are we going to see it? I don't know. <laughs> Where do you get that in Jeremiah 24 and 25? What I don't understand. Sometimes I don't, I, I, I don't even understand preaching anymore. I don't even understand churches anymore. It's like, it's like, wait, there's enough problems in Jeremiah 24 and 25. There are so many issues to try to figure out. And I'm not saying some of them are not related to eschatology. But for crying out loud, none of it has anything to do with digital passports, vaccines, <laughs> COVID, shutdowns, nothing. And, and in fact, even if you were going to go that direction, well, really, as we talked about earlier tonight, if you were listening, the whole message in Jeremiah is, hey, guys, 
You see that pagan nation out there, the Babylonians? Go submit to them. Go surrender. Go submit. And anyone who fights against them is going to be judged. But I I digress. Okay, so, but all right. So there's kind of just like, where does that come from in Jeremiah? But he's going to say something here. You just, I'm I'm just, you just listen. You may not find, well, I, I, like I said, I was frustrated by it. Now I'm laughing at it. Maybe because I'm just delusional at this point. But you tell me what your reaction is. Here we go. I don't know. But I know that stage has to be set. Because the Antichrist is going to step out and everybody's going to ooh and awe. And he's going to take over the problems of the world and and, uh, just become this great help to them. And then there's the second basket. The rotten figs. King Zedekiah and and, uh, his corrupt leaders who were destroyed by war, famine, and disease in uh, verses uh, 8 through 10. And just remember, the people who are destroyed are the people who would not go out to submit to the Babylonians. So just, you know, that's in chapter 21. So we covered all of this. Okay. Again, I I just don't know what any of that had anything to do with the book of Jeremiah. Anything. But okay. Now we're with the bad figs, or as the King James says, which makes me laugh, naughty figs. Okay. The naughty figs, the bad figs. Okay. All right. Let's keep listening. And, uh, you know, we, we live in a corrupt society. We live in a corrupt world, and I hate to say that there's even Christians who are corrupted by the cares of this world and the things of this world, and they're missing out on the opportunity to build for themselves, if you would, uh, um, blessings and and um, sending things on ahead in heaven uh, because they're more concerned about what they can get here on this earth for themselves, and they're actually living in the rottenness of this earth. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know what, again, I don't know. It's just, I, I, think, I think this is how you, you literally can just open a Bible, just read verses, and just say anything. Like, you just, like, no, well, what? <laughs> I, 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 just, I just don't know. Sometimes it's like, I, I think people think if the preaching sounds good and it sounds spiritual, then it's good preaching. But it's like, I need to learn the text. Do you know all the issues in 24 and 25? There's so many issues in chapters 24 and 25 that I, I don't understand. Like what? It, he, oh, I don't understand. All right. But let's can He still hasn't gotten to the part yet. Just, just keep listening. Listen, Christian friend, let's keep our eyes on the Lord. Let's keep our eyes upon the home to come. And so then we come to Sermon 12. Don't you wish I preached all my sermons short and sweet like that one? Ten verses long. That would be really, really quick. Okay. He covered, he covered 24 <laughs> in literally like five minutes. I mean, it was, and, and, and a good portion of it was about the Antichrist. I don't know what in the world any of it. It's the most, I'm just perplexed by the entire, now he's in 25 and now he makes this little comment. Hey, don't you wish my sermons were like that? Don't you wish they were like 10 verses long? Don't you wish? Okay. Now here comes the comment. And easy. Um, I was talking about, uh, saying a few words about Brother Quinlan and when we go to the Philippines, I don't know how many times I would get up and preach, and then we'd go back to the house, and 
have refreshments. I don't know how many times he come to me and he said, you know, that was really a nice little sermon tonight, but it needs to be longer. And so the last time I went, I was taking three of my sermons and putting them together. Really, if you don't preach for a minimum of an hour, you're not preaching over there. And so I... <laughs> he took three of his sermons, gets you to an hour? What is a 20-minute sermon, ladies and gentlemen? What is a 20-minute sermon? He His sermons are 20 minutes long, and so he's covering 24 and 25 of Jeremiah in 20 minutes. He covered 24, and I don't even, less than like five minutes, and he talked about the Antichrist and vaccines and digital passports. Well, I, I, I don't understand the American church. I just don't. I just, I don't, I don't understand. And pr- trust me, his church is probably a hundred times bigger than mine. He's probably a hundred times more successful than I will ever be in ministry. Probably has a hundred times more people listening to him. And I just don't understand Christianity. Like, what, what, it, but he's going to go on and say more about, so in the Philippines, they want an hour. And the Philippines, they want an hour. So he takes his American sermons. He has to put three of them together to get to an hour. But in the Philippines, they want an hour. Keep listening to this. This is just crazy. I take two and three of my sermons. So when I, I would be here and preach, you know, through a book of the Bible or through a chapter and spend many weeks developing, I just cram them all together and preach it over in the Philippines. They loved it, you know. I'd go an hour, hour and 15 minutes, my wife's sitting over there all glazed, and she would remind me, now when we get back home, you've got to go back to preaching the way you normally preach. But then when Brother Quinlan would get here, I would say, okay, now you're in America, okay? And you've got to cut that sermon down. You get, you get 25, 30 minutes, that's it. We don't want no hour and a half long sermons, right? Get an amen? amen? Yeah, right. You're just as carnal as I am. I get it. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it's funny. It's, we're carnal. <laughs> it's funny. We don't want any long sermons, obviously. And just think this sermon itself is only like 20 minutes long and he covers chapters 24 and 25. And he's talked about digital passports, the Antichrist, nothing to do with anything in chapter 24. Now he's 25 and he's spending all of this time about this, which has nothing to do with chapter 25. <laughs> Most of this sermon has nothing to do with the book of Jeremiah, but people, boom, are going to that church. Like, yeah, that's, I, that's, and see, people say, and when, that's why, this is why I get very, 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 very frustrated when I hear people like, well, I was never taught this and I was never taught because you go to churches that don't teach and you don't seem to care to find anybody out there who's doing something different. So, but, but let, let's, we'll let him finish this up really quick. We'll let him finish this up. I was told by an old preacher many years ago, the mind cannot endure what the seat cannot endure. And so it all works together. Amen. So here we are on the 12th sermon, chapter 25, 38 verses long. I'm not going to read it all, but I do want to read some of it as uh, we get going here and thinking about uh, this 12th sermon. The first thing we and there you have it. I that just that just cracked me up when I heard that. I don't know if it cracked you up, but it cracked me up because that is such the attitude with many people. And a lot of people say they don't want that. A lot of people say they don't want that. 
But I, I'm going to I'm, maybe maybe I'm going to offer a little bit of a rebuke. A lot of people say they don't want that. Now, in my own life, what I've seen is people come to my church telling me they don't want that. When you give them the absolute opposite, then they leave your church to go somewhere else that basically gives them that. And then you're like, I thought you said you didn't want that. Okay. So, so I, I already know I am already jaded and skeptical when people tell me they don't want that. But I also know that you can spend your life hour after hour after hour trying to teach through a book, trying to give people, say, a podcast series called Bible Study Exercise, right? Where you're trying to walk people literally systematically through a book. You're giving them assignments. You're giving them homework. You're giving them the opportunity to really dive into the text. And guess what happens? You know what my number one message is right now on the Sermons 2.0 platform and the Church One platform? Alex Jones and eschatology. <laughs> More people, because they see Alex Jones and eschatology. Ooh, guess what? Doing teaching on Jeremiah hour after hour after hour. Not, it's not as attractive. It's not as interesting. It doesn't have that hook. You, you got to give people, you got to put, deal with controversy, deal with trending topics. You will get bigger numbers. Say, Hey, we're going to spend the entire summer in the book of Jeremiah. And I'm inviting all of you to, to, to participate, to listen, to do the homework, to read. And people will drop out because it's hard to even keep people invested for three months much less doing anything longer. That's why I think sometimes these churches who do, and look, I, I'm i committed to doing it, but I think a lot of times we're all fooling ourselves when you're a church, because this is how it's typically worked in my church. We're going to spend four years in this book, three years in this book, five years in that book. When it's all said and done, guess what? You can all pat yourself on the back that you go to a church that spent four years going through the book. How many people are still even invested after six months? How many people are still reading it? And, and, and if the pastor is giving assignments or people, and by the time you get six months, seven months in, people can't even remember probably the basic overview of the book. But hey, we spent four years going through it. But what value if no one remembers it? So I can, all I can tell you is this. We're fast approaching and, and we're doing everything in our power to stay true to what I said I would do is finish the book of Jeremiah by the end of August. And guess what? We're going to work hard. But guess what? We're not going to be done in 20-minute sermons and 30-minute sermons and 20-minute broadcasts and 30-minute broadcasts. We're going to have to commit. And so I hope that you will at least do everything in your power to get from 30 to 52. And if you dropped out, hopefully you'll drop back in and you'll say, I'm going to do, I'm going to get as much out of this as I possibly can. So with that said, here we go. We're going to go from the, not tonight, but between this message and tomorrow, maybe two more tomorrow, we're going to go from Jeremiah chapter 30 to 39. We're going to try to go nine chapters between tonight and by the end of tomorrow night. We're going to go nine chapters. Now, we're going to be utilizing primarily, uh, at least for these nine chapters, we're going to be li- li- using the teaching of the late Dr. J. Vernon McGee. Their ministry has given me, you know, uh, uh, rights, the ability, access to use his teaching, but we're not going to use it that way. I could just turn on the microphone and say, all right, here's Dr. J. Vernon McGee and play it. And that would be great and it would be beneficial, but I want to be a part of it. So we're going to discuss it, talk about it, struggle with it, maybe even get some very, we'll call them flash assignments 
some pop quizzes type thing saying, hey, we need to look at this really quick and we'll see if we can do that. Um, there may come some other, we may throw in some kind of other sermon review or something else, but we're really going to have to stay focused and see if we can at least get to 52 by the end of August. And then if there's something else we need to do in Jeremiah, we will. But I hope you're ready. I know we spent 24 minutes, but I wanted the first 24 minutes just trying to get us like ready to go. All right. Have a little bit of fun. And uh, look, I, I think it's a f- sad state of affairs that the many in the American church think that preaching for an hour is just, nope, you can't do that. And you do 20 minute sermons. And yet you're going to claim you're working through a book of the Bible. You're not working through anything in 20 minute sermons. And you do 20-minute sermons where half of the time you're talking about stuff that's not even related to the chapter that you're supposedly working through. That's, no, that's, that's not it. But now, now to be fair, we're getting ready to go through 30 to 30. We're going to get, we're getting ready to go from chapter 30 to 39 and we're going to be moving way fast. And I'm not going to like the speed that we're going to be going. So I'm going to do everything I can. Now, remember, whatever we do here on the podcast, we will be making up for it at Victory Baptist Church behind the pulpit so that some of these things that we're going to cover quickly, we will come back in and fill in the gaps, just like we did today at Victory Baptist Church with chapter 23, chapter 24, and chapter 25. Three, basically three hours of teaching, right? So that's that's what we'll, that's what we'll do moving forward at Victory Baptist Church next Sunday. Now, we're going to be moving to a different uh, series as well, but we'll still maintain one or two hours a week on Jeremiah until we ultimately get to 52. So you're going to get this maybe almost a sprint-like marathon, but you're also going to be able to listen to as we work through and try to finish it all up at some point. So hopefully nothing, I'm going to do everything in my power to ensure that everything is covered as as detailed as I can possibly cover it. And hopefully you will uh, be grateful for that. But here we go, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, through the Bible Ministries, They give us the rights to use all of his content. We are very grateful for that. But I don't want to just play it. I want us to review and talk about it and analyze it and critique it. So here we go. Now, that brings us to this new section, beginning of chapter 30. And I think the first three chapters here, well, 30 and 31, 32 and 33 are all one tremendous message that you have here. And we'll move into this. We have in this particular section here, by the way, and I think it's a very wonderful section now that we've come to, but it comes out of the darkest days that Israel ever had. These days were dark indeed. And out of this now, you're going to hear a wonderful message from Jeremiah. Never got Now, this is very, 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 very important, all right? I need you to hear me here. Leading up to this have been chapters of judgment, 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 condemnation, judgment, condemnation, judgment. As you heard, if you were listening just a little while ago when I was, uh, when I started working on Jeremiah 25, judgment, 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 judgment. These chapters, when you come to 30, all of a sudden it's like this massive change from judgment to glorious promises, almost like a glorious salvation. 
Now, you, in some ways, you want to celebrate it. You're like, I am so happy for Judah. I'm so happy for Israel. These are amazing promises for Judah and Israel. But for some reason, many in the American church wants to come in and go, sorry, Judah. Sorry, Israel. Sorry. I know you got all of those horrible punishments and people died and you went into captivity and you suffered and you literally suffered. But dun, 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 we're ripping these promises out of your hands and we're taking them because we are the church. We are spiritual Israel. You don't get these promises. We do. So sorry for you. Now, that is because the American church is strongly divided when it comes to issues of eschatology. Do you see these promises to Israel, to Judah, as being literal promises to the literal nation that have to be literally fulfilled? Or do you see them as being basically spiritual promises to spiritual Israel and the nation is finished and done with and now it's all about the church? And these promises are fulfilled in the church, not literally, but spiritually. Many Christians say, not literal Israel, not literal Judah, spiritual Israel, spiritual promises fulfilled in the church. Some others are like, what are you doing? No, literal Israel, literal Judah, literal promises, literally fulfilled in the nation and has to be fulfilled future because they've never been fulfilled in any way or in any shape or form, literally to the nation. Now that's, that's the dividing point here. That's the dividing point in theology. That's the dividing point in the American church or in the global church. Now we can have the debates all day. We'll be talking about a lot more of this when you, we, we start looking at dispensationalism. See, which is a perfect study to get into when coming out of Jeremiah. But this is, this is the issue. So if you, if you're more reformed, obviously typically being more awe mill, you're going to be like, nope, not literal Israel. This is the church and it's fulfilled spiritually. And if you're more dispensational, you're going to be like, no, literal Israel, literal Ju Judah, literal promises that will be literally fulfilled. Now, what I hate is that it gets turned into, you know, reformed or awe mill versus dispensational non-reform. I hate that. I hate that it gets turned into camps and teams. I don't care about the camp and I don't care about the team. I care about what's the best way to interpret the passage based off how the book has been written and how we've understood it up to this point. Because up to this point, Israel and Judah is Israel and Judah. <laughs> the, the curses are literal judgments that literally happened to the literal nation. They literally went into literal captivity for literally 70 years in Babylon. The church didn't. <laughs> they did. So then I would assume the promises would have to be for the same people, right? Okay. That now you, some people say, well, you're oversimplifying it. And I understand there's layers to it and I understand the complexities of it. All right. I'm very aware. I went to schools that were all mill and I had to write papers from an all mill position defending it. I went to schools that were extremely dispensational and had to write papers from a dispensational perspective and defend it. So I've learned both. But at some point, you know what? I don't really care about the team. I care about the texts. And so that's what I think you should care about. All right. So let's see how Dr. J. Vernon McGee is going to handle this. Not so dark, but why he didn't have a message of encouragement. And look where they are. 
the army of Nebuchadnezzar now is outside the city walls, and he means business. This time he'll destroy the city and burn the temple. The prophet here has been arrested, and he's been shut up in the courtyard. I didn't tell you that as we went along. He is in jail. And seven years have passed since this man Jeremiah had his conflict with the false prophets. Now, events have moved along rather quietly, but actually every day reveals the accuracy of Jeremiah's message. And Hananiah, he said that within two years the power of Babylon would be broken. Seven years have gone by, and there's Nebuchadnezzar outside the city wall, and he's not about to be broken. He's about to break Jerusalem. The vessels of the Lord's house now are not going to be restored to the temple. Jeconiah will not be returned back to the city. And things now have gone from bad to worse, and they're out of the frying pan into the fire, and the life of the nation has gone down. And Jerusalem was already under the shadow of Babylon. And God's prophet was held captive by that rebellious spirit of a sinning nation who refused to hear the word of the Lord. Now, can any hour be darker? Can any circumstances be more calculated to fill the heart with despair? Well, it was at this time that the prophetic note of the prophet went all the way from the basement up to the top of the Empire State Building. He now is able to not sing low bass, but he's going to be able to sing soprano, if you please. He's going to reach the heights now, and he's going to talk about it first. But all the way through darkness into light, the night cometh, but also the morning is coming. Now he opens chapter 30. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee in a book. Now, he's writing his prophecy. After all, he's in jail. He won't be in the pulpit for Sunday morning. Verse 3 now. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel. And Judah, saith the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. Please note, this is a return of Israel and Judah to the land. Both the northern and southern kingdom are to return to the land. The question would be, did that ever happen? And not only did it ever happen, were they only supposed to return for a short time? Because you know this, if you'll take your Bible and you'll flip over to Matthew, when we find them there, they're no longer in charge. Rome is in charge. And then we know we read in Matthew 24 and some of the prophecies, we know that there's a bad time coming and there's some signs because the temple is going to be destroyed. And that happens in 70 AD. And then Israel is basically wiped off the face of the earth until 1948. And even in 1948, do they really have all the land? No, they don't. They don't even have control of the temple mound. 
So then you have to go, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, by no means, anyone who comes along and go, well, see, this is, this is not real land and this is not real Israel and this is not real Judah. This is somehow the church. That's just nonsense. Now, I can understand why in church history, why that kind of thinking would have possibly have occurred in the early church, right? Why wouldn't it? Uh, guys, we got these promises and there's no Israel. Okay, we got, we'll, we'll take the promise. Someone's got to take the promises. I mean, after all, you know, Father Abraham, Abraham had many sons and, and by, you know, and, and I'm one of them, right? You, so are you. Let's all praise the Lord. However the song goes, you get the idea. Okay. I think I'm, I'm, I'm bringing songs together. It's been a long day of teaching. You get the idea, right? So you can see why the church would have done that. I can understand. But then as you go through time, some people start going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I I think these promises are for Israel. And many of these men started saying this before 1948. Now you can say, well, their ideas came much later than the early church. The early church was all millennial. The early church believed these promises for Israel. Well, congratulations that the early church did that. You could argue, you know, congratulations, you didn't believe what the Bible said, so you came up with a theology because you couldn't understand how it could be fulfilled. But others came along and said, you know what, I don't care if I don't understand it. This is a promise to Israel and to Judah, and it has to be fulfilled. They have to get the land. All right, let's see how what Dr. J. Vernon McGee is going to do here. And these are the words that the Lord spoke concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith the Lord, we've heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. And believe me, they had heard that from Jeremiah. That be- Sorry to interrupt immediately, but I want you to hear again. And uh, this is Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 4. Um, and... If you hear my Bible, it's, I've got a brand, it's a, it's a newer Bible, so it's like, it's hard to open. So here we go. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse four. And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. Once again, both are mentioned, Israel and Judah, Israel and Judah, Israel and Judah, Israel and Judah. This is going to become a common theme through some of this chapter and moving forward, that there are specific promises for both the house of Israel and the house of Judah. There is no way you can make that the church. It's the, it's, it goes, it bends over backwards to let you know who it's referring to. The whole book has been a message to Judah primarily. Israel has been mentioned, but now here are promises to both the north and the south. Even though the northern kingdom, they're they're in a, they're gone off to Assyria. So what, what, wait, how is this going to work? So, and it, yeah, things have not been good. Things have been bad. There have been judgment. There have been suffering. Right now, now. What, what, what's going to be these promises and how do we understand these promises? You know, peace. But the false prophets had said peace and there was none. He says, now ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail and all faces have turned into sadness, paleness. Now he sees not only that great day coming, but the day of the Lord is coming. That the other prophets, including Isaiah, had said it's a day of darkness and not light. Well, they go through the night into the brightness of the day. 
In other words, they go through the great tribulation and listen to him in verse 7. Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. God said, there's coming a day that you think it's bad now. You haven't seen anything yet. Okay, now we can get into a whole discussion. Clearly, Dr. J. Vernon McGee is going with, hey, this has, this has uh, future implications even beyond Babylon and that, ca- and that captivity and coming out of Babylon captivity. There's something even more coming that it goes even beyond it. Now, we could have a debate whether we, but see, here's the thing, because I'm, just so that you understand this, I'm not committed to a team. So sometimes I'll see something, I don't know, I think the dispensationalists are wrong here. I think maybe the amillennial are, are, amillennialists are right. And there's time, like, I'll go back and forth because all I care about is understanding the text. Now, how we want to read that? I, I mean, look, it says in verse uh, six, ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Whether do I see every man with his hand on his loins as a woman in travail and all faces are turned into paleness? Alas, for that day is great so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but you shall be saved out of it. Is what, what, you know, what? I mean, he's seemingly referred to something very bad is coming. What, what, what exactly is referring to here? We, we could get into, um, you know, that this day of the Lord. Is it, is it something there? Is it partially fulfilled there, but it's going to be future, future, you know, some, the fulfill, the future or the ultimate fulfillment is sometime in the future. Yes, I can get it out ultimately. So how do we understand that? I mean, we could, we could get into a big debate there. But just know, obviously, Dr. J. Vernon McGee is going a specific direction, all right? But, you know, if we do believe that there's a time of something bad coming, then you can see why some of this would sound like it, right? Or is some of this just kind of a prelude, a, a preview of what will come later and that we can compare it to this? Wait until that great tribulation begins. Verse 9. But they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. Now, wait a minute. We get some promises here, right? Okay, you're going to be saved out of it. Verse 8, For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck. I will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. And then, For they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. He's going to raise up David unto them? Now, how do we understand this? Now, are you going to say, well, this is the church, because now Jesus is ruling and reigning over the church. That does... This has to be for Israel. Somehow David is going to be back on the throne for Israel. The only thing you could say, well, then that has to be, we would say that would point to Jesus, right? It points to Jesus who will sit on the throne of David, the ultimate fulfillment of what David pointed to, the Messiah. Well, then that would have to be a millennial kingdom, right? Where Christ rules and reign. And then Israel fulfill, gets all the promises that has never yet been fulfilled. That's the, I don't know what else you do here unless you spiritualize it and say, well, Christ is ruling and reigning in the church for spiritual Israel because sorry, actual Israel and actual Judah, you lost out. You get nothing. And that's where I'm, I, I just, no, no, no. I, I don't see how you can do that. But let's see what Dr. J. Vernon McGee does. And out of that time of awful trouble, 
They're going to return to the land, and David will be raised from the dead when they enter the kingdom and will reign over these people. Now, verse 18, will you notice? All right, J Dr. J. Vernon McGee goes with a literal approach. David will be literally raised from the dead. Now, I, I'm not so, I, I you know, <laughs> that would give us much to ponder. This, uh, this is how one, this is how my study Bible says, David, their king, whom God will raise up unto them, refers to the future ideal king, a so-called second David. The messianic portion in the line of David is paired with the Lord, their God. So they say this is, pointing to the Messiah. He's going with a literal idea that David's going to be raised from the dead. I I don't know about the David David being raised from the dead. I I don't even I don't even know if I've been taught that perspective ever. Maybe I've heard it. But I think some of this clearly points to there's got to be some kind of future something. Right? There's got to be a future something. And what is it going to look like? And then you try to piece together what it's going to look like because there's nothing in history that seems to fit, fit, fit a lot of this. And trust me, it's going to become more and more obvious that nothing in history ever recorded anything like it as it becomes more descriptive as we move on. He said, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents and have mercy on his dwelling places, and the city shall be builded upon her own heap, and the palace shall remain after the manner thereof. Now, when will this take place? Way down at verse 24, he says, The fierce anger of the Lord shall not return until he have done it, and until he have performed the intents of his heart in the latter days. Ye shall consider it. In other words, this is something way down in the future. Now, friends, here in Jeremiah, we have come to a section that is bright indeed. And okay, that's pretty much how he handled all of chapter 30. All right, but look at, I'm going to go to verse 18. All right, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 18. I'm just going to read 18 to 24. I'm going to read 18 to 24, okay? I know he skipped a lot. I'm going to try to fill in gaps where I can, but also try to move us forward as much as possible, all right? Jeremiah 30, verse 18. If I said chapter 18, I apologize. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 18. Thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tents, have mercy on his dwelling places, and the city shall be builded up upon her own heap, and the palace uh, shall remain after the manner thereof. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry and I will multiply them and they shall be not, they shall not be a few. I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. Their children also shall be as aforetime and their congregation shall be established before me and I will punish all that oppress them and their nobles shall be of themselves and their governor shall proceed from the midst of them and I will cause him to draw near and he shall approach unto me for he, for who is this that engaged his heart to approach unto me, saith the Lord. And yes, you shall be my people, and I will be your God. Behold, thy whirlwind of the Lord goeth forth with fury, continuing whirlwind. It shall fall with pain upon the head of the wicked. The fierce anger of the Lord shall not return until he have done it, and then until he have performed the intents of his heart. In the latter days, you shall consider it. Now, some of that may be, you may be able to say, okay, I think, I think that happened coming out of the Babylonian captivity, but it all seems to describe a return 
and a being glorified and everything being rebuilt and it almost in a way that sounds permanent. And we know it's not permanent when they come out of Babylonian captivity because not long they're under the control of Rome and then the temple is destroyed and Israel's wiped off the face of the earth until 1948. And they still don't have control over where the temple was. And there's an Islamic mosque sitting on it. So you'll be like, I, I, I don't think this was fulfilled coming out of the Babylonian captivity. Now, even if you think some of this may be, and I got no problem. Look, anytime you can find any of it and say, I think it was fulfilled here, I'm more than willing to listen. But there's plenty of it. There's no way it was fulfilled. So then you have to say, well, it was just exaggerated speech. It was just exaggerated speech uh, to, but I, I, I don't think that works. I don't think that works. I don't think, and it's for Israel and it's for Judah. All right. Now we're getting ready. He's getting ready to start chapter 31. We're at, or fast approaching 50 minutes. All right. I think, and this chapter is, 40 verses, and it may be one of the most important chapters when you deal with some of these controversies. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop us here so that the next time, and starting tomorrow, when we cover 31, we can take as much time. I don't want to get in the middle of 31 and stop. That would be that would be malpractice. When we get to chapter 30, we're going to listen to everything he has to say. And we've already dealt with chapter 30 in great detail in our study of Jeremiah. Remember, I, I, I allowed us to jump ahead because of some issues that we saw earlier. And we covered a lot of this, but we will cover it again. So that's what we'll do tomorrow. We will look at chapter 31. Now, the goal tomorrow is chapter 31, 32, and 33. I think would be good to get out of the way Monday, if we can. At least chapter 31. And then Tuesday, we'll we'll just see. We'll just see. All right? We'll just see. We'll just see. Yeah, we got a long ways to go. But we'll see. All right? Because... um, if I'm looking here, if I'm looking here, yes, uh, we have till Thursday, Thursday at midnight. So we have till Thursday at midnight. So I think we're doing okay. This gave, this did us pretty good. Now, I, I don't like the fact that from church to here, we skipped, you know, 27, 28, and 29, or 20, uh, uh, 27, 28, and 29, but just remember, we covered 27 and 28, 9 before on the podcast, but we will, at Victory Baptist Church, work on 26, 27, 28, and 29. We will work on that, okay? And then, moving forward from there, what I feel we skipped on here that we didn't cover in enough detail, I'll go back at church and we'll cover even more. But I'm going to try to really jump in a lot and try to f- fill in anything that I think is missing here. Okay? All right. We're going to stop there. Okay, now, you can stop running. You can stop running. You can sit back down. All right? Please, read the rest of Jeremiah. Read it all. Listen to it before the end of August. Let's finish strong. Tomorrow, we'll continue the marathon. And uh, I think that's a lot of hours of teaching today. So I think we've done pretty good. And, uh, well, yeah, it's 9.03. I think my voice, I think for me, it's probably good 
Not, I, I want to just keep going. I want to just keep going, but I'll, I'll dedicate like multiple hours tomorrow if we need to. And then of course, as we get closer till Thursday, I mean, if we have to, we'll spend who know who knows how many hours on Thursday. We're gonna we're just gonna throw in a lot of hopefully fun and unique things, and hopefully just make this a a fun time and a and and learning as much as we can. I don't know if it's gonna have some dramatic conclusion, but it will have a conclusion. And hopefully, you've enjoyed the summer of Jeremiah, and we're getting closer and closer to the end. Um, I would challenge you, third chapter thirty one. You may want to read that chapter as much as you possibly can, right? Because, uh, man, oh, there's so much here. All right, we'll stop. Thank you. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a wonderful Sunday evening, a great week, and uh, we'll see how far we can get before the end of August. Thanks for listening. God bless.